Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and today we're going to be talking pretty much about everything to do with parenting, on prep, um, and having children. We've kind of briefly mentioned this. Um, we'll have a few episodes on this before, but I've never done like a roundtable discussion, so I thought it might be a little bit interesting. I just thought it's been quite a while since we've touched on this. And as um, quite a few of you will already know, I do not have children but I like to get clued up in this stuff just to prep myself. So hopefully, whether you're a parent or you haven't got kids, um, this podcast episode is going to be inspiring and informative for you all. So we have the lovely Adele and Kirsty here. They're both very, well, very, very close into their, well, very close to their shows. So um, really do appreciate them both taking the time out. Obviously, I think it's half term for both of their um, kids as well. So. Yeah, I'm excited, but welcome Adele and welcome Kirsty to the podcast. Um, Adele, obviously, like, we've known each other for how long, like, actually, we met through this podcast. How oh, we did, that? yeah. This time last year, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself first, for people that don't know who you are, Adele, and then we'll move on to Kirsty, and then we'll go on to all the lovely topics that we've got. And maybe mention about, like, when you want, basically when your next show is, all that sort of thing as well, we can cover that. Perfect, yeah. All right, well, um... Yeah, so Adele Johnston, and I am a bikini competitor and met Jazz through the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast when I was doing my very first show last year. I was struggling like hell on the Stairmaster, the absolute devil. Started crying and then found the podcast and it literally saved my life. So yeah, I found Jazz through that and it was just the best thing ever. And then... From there, started to just listen more, reached out to you through Instagram, so power of social media. Nice. And we just became really, really good competitor friends, business women together, and just, yeah, I've stayed in touch ever since, which has been totally awesome. So that's been a huge big thing for me out of competing is meeting you. It's been fab. Thanks, but um, a little quick about, about me then. So this is my second year competing. And I started competing after my mum. I grew up with her being a female figure bodybuilder. So she was a Miss Scotland. I grew up with the kind of gym environment, the egg whites and the chicken and rice. That was kind of just normal to me growing up. And then started to look to compete myself after having my twins. So Clara and Shannon, they'll be nine this year. And my body just completely changed and I didn't recognize who I was when I looked in the mirror, when I wore clothes. But I knew deep down I had to get in and lift weights because that was the only way I was going to change the shape and get the body back that I so longed for. So that's kind of why I started. Um, so yeah, I've got twins, twin daughters. That's got its own fun. And yeah they're really funny um and I think that's you know this is something Jazz and I spoke about as well because with Jazz not having kids and me having kids we're able to you know kind of Jazz will ask a lot of questions and I'm able to kind of share some of the, the challenges you have that prep and training and competing and everything brings with kids but also I suppose we'll cover that off as we go through this but also the more kind of fun aspects of it and how it can actually make prep a little bit easier. I know that might sound really crazy, but it does make things a little bit easier. So we can share that. Um, and yeah, I'm two weeks out right now. So my first show this season is the UKUP in Scotland. And that's on the 16th of June. 
So Father's Day show. Yeah, it is Father's Day, isn't it? And then I know. what's the plans afterwards? So afterwards, we've kind of got a, a soft plan in place that I'll come down to you and stay over. And we're going to go and do PCA Kettering and two bros. That's the plan. Am I going to tan you? You're going to tan me. I know. Up close and personal. <laughs> right, really cool. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be, be easy. You'll basically be doing yeah. it. As you can't see this, but you'll be doing it around this area in my office. Um, do you know, we should vlog that. I'm not going to, you know, we, we'll cut down below, but we can vlog a leg or something so that you can show people how easy it is to self-apply. <laughs> uh, that's one thing that I was really surprised at. So, like, Completely away from kids, but very it is it yeah. is easier. You've just got to find the brand. I think like some people don't get on well with ProTan, but like yeah, I find really good reviews and stuff anyway. But awesome. Cool. So, Kirsty, talk to yeah. me. We've briefly so. before we press record, <laughs> but talk to me about kind of your background. I've seen your Instagram anyway, and you've done amazing. But yeah, just kind of give like people an overview of who you are, maybe like how many kids you've got, um, how old they are, what you do as a job, um, your kind of potentially past competing history and what your plans to do now. I know you're very, very close to your next show, same as Adele. So yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see like the differences between you two. Yeah, so I found you again, exactly the same as Adele. I was doing my cardio for my first season of competing last year and I was like looking through podcasts and I couldn't find anything that was like well there's a lot out there but I was listening to nutrition podcasts and and kind of more not educational but factual based and I was like it's not really I don't I don't want to be learning I want to be like feeling so um, when I found your podcast and I got a bit more of an understanding and especially from a female competitor's like perspective mm. my background is is bodybuilding basically um I met my children's father when I was like 19 and he's a competitive bodybuilder that's cool so since I was like 19 years old I've just been surrounded with male bodybuilders and I don't know one other female competitor um and then I had my children I've got three children and they're seven six and four so after I had them I went back to the gym purely for a bit of time to myself really 90 minutes they could go in fresh for 90 minutes and I thought I'm gonna go in the gym for 20 and then in the sauna steam room and shower for the other hour um and then I actually saw a video of myself pushing the buggy and I was like oh my goodness I didn't realize it like that I wasn't happy with my body shape at all um and I went on a weights for wound course that lifting weights and then it was just body changed. And then when my body was changing, my eating changed to like, was finding it easier to eat better things and knew I needed recovery because of the bodybuilding background. Um, and it went from there. And then the first, first year of competing was last year. I competed in September in tone figure. Then the finals in uh, the British finals in tone figure, the PCA. Uh, then I did the NAC won the British Championship for that and then went to Hamburg and did the universe. Wow. And then I was in the universe. So, That's insane. Um, That's one thing I really would love to do myself is compete abroad at some point. 
yeah hamburg was really really good i loved just going over there and when we got off the plane it was like seeing gb the coach and that took us to our hotel and it was all like really exciting like it was like proper athlete not you don't i don't know i feel, feel like the bodybuilding sports sometimes it doesn't have enough recognition you don't seem to get enough for it in, in bikini or figure or any of it and especially being female it's not if you mention Olympia, obviously think people think about the big bodybuilders. They never think about the figure girl or the, the bikini. Yeah. So it was nice to be treated like an athlete over there and be mm-hmm. actually like recognised for that. So um, then I've done three shows so far this year and I qualified for the British finals in for the IBFA in Liverpool three weeks ago. And there's nine days to that. So... And then what are your plans after that? Oh my God. Um, well, I wanted originally to do Tone Figure with the PCA again, which is what I did last year. But I've had to move up from Tone Figure to Athletic Figure. So possibly Kettering I was looking at. That would or, be awesome. Um, oh my God. I don't know. Get to meet in person. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so yeah. cool. And then, if not, it will definitely be um, the Manchester Middleton PCA in Manchester towards September time. And I'll well, just take the summer. If you do catch in, let us know. And we can have a full on. We can like, have it. Yeah, I'll tag you. <laughs> I'm basically, like, I can swear it's my own podcast. I'm basically be Adele's bitch. Like, if she wants me to, like. like Helen, bitch. Yeah, she wants me to bring up, drag the suitcase, I will. She wants me to give her a plastic I will. She wants me to fan her, I will. I'm just, I'm here at the disposal, so take advantage. Diva. I'm ready for it. <laughs> you both mentioned two things, well, you both mentioned one thing, which I really would love to go into more depth with, because I've had this comment, actually. So people ask, after I got married last year, late last year, and people say to me, oh, so when are you having kids? And I, I have no, like, right now, I have no desire to have children. That might change in a year. That might change in three years or five years. But right now, I don't want children. I've got too much on my goddamn plate. So really honestly, yeah. move. But people seem to think, they're like, oh, why, why is that? Is it because you just don't want to lose your body? I'm like, well, no, it's just because I just haven't got, that time but I know you've both mentioned that you that you do get that change with your body after you have children um and then when you go through a competition prep so you kind of you I've probably been through one change whereas you know from like a normal body fat I say inverted commas to then go and stage lean you've both done that but then you've done that in the other split sense of being pregnant having obviously a very big belly and changes happening in your body and then the art, not the aftermath, but you know what I mean. Kind of what happens after yeah. you birth. Are we both interested to hear like how you? Is it is it different? Have you felt different things with your body, like relationship with your body, depending whether it's been conscious prep or like after you had your babies? I don't know. I think that's going to be a really interesting one from a mm-hmm. mindset perspective for myself and potentially for other listeners to kind of hear and listen to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I'll I'll probably just jump in and give you a wee overview from my point. I mean, I suppose in a way, it's, it's everybody's pregnancy is different and everybody's pregnancy body is different. I was super lucky that I had a straightforward textbook twin pregnancy the whole way through. 
got checked every two weeks because I was deemed to be high risk. Just with the girls being identical twins, it was one egg, one sperm, which split and multiplied earlier. And then they were in one sack. So they were deemed to be high risk. And kind of as a, as a result of that, I ended up going into labour nine weeks prematurely with them. So my waters broke just one morning. And um, Sean asked me if I'd peed myself. I was like, no, <laughs> that's not what happened. Um, and yeah, so I think then when I look back at pictures and when I see just how big I actually was, having lost out on my last trimester, and I use the phrase lost out because I didn't have it, I dread to then think how big I actually would have been if I'd gone the full term with them. But... I would say that the main changes that I seen from my body was before I had fallen pregnant, I, I was very athletic, went to the gym, done a lot of sport, had a six pack, very lean, um, you know, and, and thinking about it then, I was just very sporty looking, fell pregnant, which having the core and the, the kind of six pack that was already there, it actually very much supported through the labor process as well. So I was told that because I had a strong core, that I laboured very quickly, but we'll not go into those gorgy details. Mm. And then afterwards, so kind of looking at it from that point, it's almost if you think about it like being stage lean, you're, you're kind of, you know, starting point, right through to falling pregnant, going through your pregnancy trimesters, skin stretches, things move, you know, and, and it, it's, it's a beautiful process to watch how your body actually copes with something like that, very gradually growing. Um, you know, my boobs went massive. I totally loved that because I had none, so it was great. And then as a result of all of that, after having the babies, it took me 11 months to come back down to pre-pregnancy weight and shape um, because I never put the pressure on myself mentally or physically. I allowed my body to to do what it needed to do um, I embraced the extra lumps curves and bumps and I think you know there's not a lot of women can probably do that mindfully and be happy but it then reached a point where I wasn't so you know looking into the mirror thinking this isn't the body I had before I fell pregnant and I want that body back um, so stretch marks everything like that I've gone through kind of the, the ups and downs with them over the years of thinking they're my tiger stripes. I've earned them, wear them proudly to other times thinking, Jesus Christ, there's so many of them yeah. <laughs> and they're everywhere. Did you find Adele the mental, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it's the right word to use mental battle, like the mental side of your body adapt, having you know, the relationship with your body after mm. children or in comparison to like post-show? Was that any different for you? Um, if so, why? And if not, then yeah. As well. So, so probably they're probably in, they're probably linked in a way. If you think about it from a mental state of mind, because you've dealt with, you're dealing with change. You're looking in the mirror and you're seeing change. Your, you know, clothes that potentially were your favourite pieces of clothing before baby weight and and change no longer fit you and you then start to adapt to think well those low-rise jeans that I used to love I can't no longer wear them because hello mum tum you're going nowhere but at the same time you're able to for me 
I suppose when I then stepped on stage last year, I was able to prove to myself that I could get rid of that mum tum. That if I, you know, trained hard and, and, and I ate well and, and I did what I needed to do to support my body's end goal, then it was achievable. But one thing I would say to answer the question you've asked me was, I enjoyed life after I had my twins because not only was I surviving on Jaffa cakes most of the time, <laughs> painfully to say, um, you know, it literally was for the first probably two years of having the twins a survival of the fittest between kind of my body and the need fed and changed and everything at the same time. So. It was literally just taking a step back to say, do you know what, see for now, it's all right not to be lean. And it's all right to be, I was about two stone on scale weight, heavier, and a good few dress sizes bigger. But I actually felt the most sexiest I've ever felt in my life carrying that weight and having those changes. So that, and that's just my own personal experience from it. But like I say, it then reached a point where I thought, okay, I'm no longer feeling sexy. I'm no longer enjoying having the extra curves and weight on. Um, and, and then you just get your ass to the gym, girl, and start lifting those weights. I love it. What about yourself, Kirsty? Is there kind of similarities that you're kind of missing? Or yeah. Similar in that I was just very small when I was pre-children. I was like a size eight just slim but I didn't have really any muscle tone um I used to be able to really eat what I wanted do whatever I want and we were talking the other day me and a friend about do you remember them times when you could just like run in the petrol station and grab a chocolate bar (laughs) (laughs) do you know you just think nothing of it you'd be like I'll eat a double decker because it's not gonna and you just wouldn't notice and um those days were like I don't know maybe it was age I I always think maybe it was because I was young but after having children um, I did exactly the same as you but I didn't put any pressure on myself didn't change a thing and I lift off Jaffa Cakes too oh way <laughs> there we go I'm invested um, yeah I used to like always go to I push, push the buggy because it was only these only like 37 months from start to finish or they were in a triple buggy mm. they'd all have a nap I'd go out to a cafe and get a full English and a mm-hmm. cup of coffee while they were sleeping I just ate and I didn't drink because I don't really drink, but um, I would eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Um, and it was only probably when my youngest was about 18 months that I thought, yeah, I can do something about it now and, and start seeing changes. Went to, I went back to the gym before then, but I wasn't mm-hmm. kind of doing anything while I was there. I was just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And then um, I thought, right, I'm going to, push now and see some changes and then as they come they fuel your workout like makes mm-hmm. you want more because I, I felt the same as well I got massive boobs when I've got <laughs> and I went to a day and that was fantastic and I did feel great I was like mainly because but then when, when I stopped breastfeeding my mother there was I stopped them all at one um and when I stopped breastfeeding and the boobs went and my belly was bigger than my boobs I thought it needs to go Mm-hmm. that came out more than my chest did so yeah. so how did you find the mental side in regards to the relationship with your body like 
before babies after babies and obviously with competing as well like did you find that there were certain similarities there or differences i personally think that i had a lot healthier relationship with my body prior to competing than i did afterwards um after towards the end of last year over christmas new year january february i did fall into that binge um restrict cycle and i was like repulsed with myself and then restricting and going i've got a bike in the house so i was like right i'm just gonna do an hour's cardio and then i would and i was like going to bed bloated heavy fat and like self-loathing i wasn't actually that fat but i just felt so fat and i would go through that self-loathe restrict then binging again um but this time this side of it from about april i've kind of feel like i've got a bit more balance Good. and it's you know toned down a bit but I think in competing, it is quite um, restrictive, mm. obviously. You know, so therefore, like, you you do have to do your cardio and restrict what you eat and change your diet plans and feel hungry sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I never felt that prior to ever competing. And yet I do think I used to be quite slim. Obviously not st- stage lean or or a figure competitor, but I was. I used to be a lot more relaxed, I'd say, mm-hmm. and and have a bit more kind of confidence in your body. Mm. I think I think the first year for everyone is it is a massive shock. Um, I can imagine it's so when you have your first child, like it is like a full like oh my god, yeah. how what have you got yourself in for? I guess. Mm-hmm. In many, in many respects. Um, but so how, are you, so how are you feeling now in regards to like your body and all that sort of thing? I hope all okay. Yeah, really good now. I do. I feel, I feel really good. And I don't, um, I remember like towards the end of last year thinking as soon as I, I can eat, I'm just going to eat the world. <laughs> Which I did too. Um, and now I'm not too fussed it doesn't you know it's not bothering me I've got occasions social occasions my mum's 60th birthday is coming up things like that and they're not daunting they're not mm-hmm. affecting me do you know when you you have that first year and you have that feeling of like oh you're joking I've got to go to a party and there's going to be a buffet or there's going to be big cake and I don't know how to handle that I'm yeah. much much more relaxed now yeah mm-hmm. a lot better I think it gives you confidence as well because when I did it the first time, um, it gives you confidence you can get lean again, and, and food is always going to be there. So, also, I've just seen I've had like, I've got a reminder. What is this? The meeting now has unlimited minutes. Yay! Sorry, I freaked me out because sometimes it cuts <laughs> minutes. I was like, no. <laughs> um, okay, so talking about food, you just mentioned a lot about food. Um, <laughs> And I think that's a good one to talk about, why not? Everyone, every bikini girl loves talking about food. But um, no, on a serious note though, because I, I always remember this. My first work experience, yeah, when I was 15, 16, 16, I worked in a nursery. And it's, they have like these guidelines about like nutrition and like what they should eat, what they shouldn't eat. 
Um, and you'd hear like parents kind of, it sounds really horrible, kind of like bad mouth and be like, oh, you, my daughter doesn't eat chocolate. Or, my, do- my, my daughter, does, my son doesn't do this and blah, blah, blah. So how do you kind of navigate, knowing what you know about food and nutrition, how do you go about navigating that space with your children while you're on prep and restricting yourself with food? Because mm-hmm. um, I can imagine that must be quite a hard one sometimes. I guess it's depending on age, potentially, how aware they are. Um, but I don't know if there's kind of been any practical scenarios that you've both faced that you've kind of, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that's common or um, I just think the food stuff will be really, really interesting to hear from a kind of maybe a parent perspective how you guys get on with that. I think me and Adela might be a little bit different on this. <laughs> Don't be frightened <laughs> now. <laughs> Although, yeah, I think one of those things is every parent has their own opinion, don't they? And that I really try and respect that with everybody. Um, but my children, I, we kind of have them as a sugar-free no additives, preservatives, sweeteners, um, and flavorings in their diet anyway. Um, so for me, I find that their diet is more a case of they have things, um, bit large amounts of food that I want, pasta and, and cheese and all these things that I kind of still crave. Yeah. But it's not... Um, so if we... When we go to the cinema, we went to the cinema on Sunday morning. I wouldn't go and get pick and mix anyway. They they wouldn't be having that anyway. Mm. But I miss things like when we go to the beach and we just want fish and chips on the front. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, but they still have it. I you know, I, I don't restrict them on that, and I never would. They're not on a diet. They're not on prep. They're not. You know, they don't need to watch the way or even have that kind of uncomfortable feeling around food. So mm. it's like, I get steam cod on a side salad and they get whatever they want. I think if you've got a bit of carbs as well on potato, it is technically fish and chips. So mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of. Uh, do you find, do, yeah. your, do your comments, uh, do your comments, do your children make um, any kind of comments or things that, they're quite aware of do they understand why you're doing what you're doing are they do you think that at that let that age yet that they can fully appreciate and understand why you're doing what you're doing um well we, we visit a lot of farms and we, we go to a lot of different places and we've had a lot of talks with like the wooden trust we went to visit an organic farm and they explained about how crops um made what they used to be and things to them so they, they've got a gist and yeah i think they're, they're pretty switched on on that like we can drive past mcdonald's and they'll be like Ooh. oh i mean in regards to um you're competing right yeah oh they know certain things in like even if i make make them tea and i'll say uh, today for example they had uh, like a creamy ham pasta and I'll be like, eat your ham. And then the Hugo will say, my middle boy, he's six. And he's quite into like training and bodybuilding. He'll be like, for my protein. Oh, um, so <laughs> They've kind of got some awareness of, of macros. And which I don't think that most seven, six and four year olds do. Mm. Uh, and we talk about like 
food's obviously one aspect, but then we sleep. I'll tell them, that, you know, you sleep to grow, you sleep to repair, you sleep to recover. Whereas, so the other angles of training built into the kind of life, I do include them in it. And in, but try and include them mindfully, you know, so it's not, they're not on prep, they're not on diets. Yeah. And they don't need to think, you know, overthink things. Mm. But awareness. Um, and my little boy on the, the fine, on Liverpool show, he got up on stage and the junior mm. shirts off competition. And he was like, is there going to be one at the finals? And I messaged the organiser and he was like, oh, there's no time, we've got too many athletes and there won't be one. And then I got a message like three days later saying, Kirsty, we will do a, a junior participation shirts off for your son. <laughs> so he's made up, like, he was like, yes, I'm coming and I'm getting on stage. So That's so cute. They're included, they're included in it all, really, yeah. What about yourself, Adele? Yeah, so, I mean, this is it, Kirsty. There's there's no need to, to sound apologetic in the way that you bring your children up because you do that by your own values and your own beliefs. Um, and, you know, we are very different in that sense that I don't restrict my children's food intake. Um, if they want to have a Krispy Kreme donut, they have one. If they would like to have a McDonald's dinner on occasions, then they have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's purely from the point of with my background so being a qualified nutritionist as well and having done quite a lot of research into childhood nutrition because it's a passion of mine having had two very premature babies it was something that from the very early kind of day dot that I started to do research on because I as a mum wanted to give them the kind of best grounding and start in life Mm-hmm. Um, so don't get me wrong you know when they first started weaning it was all much you know everything was homemade and, and, and as much sugar-free and preservative free as possible but then as they went to school that's where the challenge started happening because I was no longer in control of their food and we all know that you know school dinners are, are not they're not the greatest right um, I've, I've had some set twos with the, the head chef at the school over a few different things but we won't go into that so with Clara and Shannon, I've more so worked on their knowledge and their understanding, again, of what it takes to run a body, what it takes to fuel that body from macros. So again, they can tell you the three, three good macros that we have and what each of them are for, um, and also the micronutrients that we need to take in through our fruits, our vegetables, you know, all of these types of things. So they're, they're very aware. Um, from a very young age, they've eaten tremendous variety in their foods and the only one thing that Clara will not eat and she's eaten snails and she's eaten mussels and prawns etc is she won't touch mushrooms because they're slimy mummy so we don't do mushrooms in this house for her but I love mushrooms and in fact it was on Amelia Thompson's story today that she was eating them raw that to me is the best snack raw (laughs) mushrooms absolutely love it (laughs) totally awesome so so I suppose then you know kind of answering that question around children's perception of food prep when when you're on prep I don't miss out when we do things as as a family so I will suffer but I'll suffer behind the scenes. And what I mean by that is if we are heading out on a day trip to Anstruther, you cannot go to Anstruther without Anstruther fish and and chips. 
So I will have it, but I'll take the fish out the bar because then it just reduces the calorie intake. But I will have some chips, even when on prep. Um, but what I'll then do is I'll do a bit of a mini fast for that morning so that I know I've got the calorie allowance to play with for it. And they then don't have a mum who's sitting not eating when they are. Yeah. Um, you know, other types of things that we've done is last year it was very different. So last year I kind of lived my fantasy, my food fantasies through them. And I was so aware I was doing it. And it was to me not quite right. So saying to them, Do you want a Krispy Kreme donut as we walk past the stall? And them saying, no, I'm fine, mum. And me going, really? Are you really sure you don't want to have one? And then I realised what I was doing. So this time it's been very different. Mm. We don't make different meals. The children will eat the same as what myself and Sean will eat. But obviously they need calories, right? Kids need way more calories because they burn so much energy. They're like little furnaces at this age. Mm. They're very active, my two. So, you know, being able to have... Um, a bag of crisps if they want one fine you're going to burn it off guys but what we do is just make sure they balance it out and they absolutely love their fruits and vegetables so I think that allowing them to kind of set their pathway and their own groundway is what works for us personally and the hope that they then grow to have that really strong knowledge-based relationship with their food and their body and that they understand what we kind of need to take in. Mm -hmm. They understand the food groups. Um, my two have been cooking since they were seven on their own. And that's not a boastful statement. That's because I've, I've kind of allowed them to do that by letting them get involved with, you know, they were holding carrots since they were able to hold carrots and pretend mm -hmm. cooking with them. So, yeah, so it's, I've always involved them. And the kind of family meal prep, they'll chop vegetables while I prepare the chicken on a Sunday. We always do a Sunday roast as a family. And if, even on prep right now, every Sunday, I still have a family roast with the family around the table. So I think it's, it's not being frightened of food yourself because that connotation then goes on to your children. It's about being able to show them food and variety and you know when we're going and doing our weekly shop I can't leave them out because I can't have it so I can't leave them out of the things that they will want for snack time through school like I say they're, they're very active through the week so they have to go to school with quite a lot of snacks for after school activities and a lot of the time it's a Nutella sandwich mum can I have a Nutella sandwich and I'm like yeah I'd love a Nutella sandwich <laughs> <laughs> You just mentioned there about like involving um, your children through prep because like, I don't know about you girls, sometimes when you're in prep you kind of just want to, there's some days you just want to be in your own little bubble, isolation mode and just crack on with it. Um, but I can imagine when you both have children, there's, I guess there's no like, there's no off button. Like if I, for example, if I'm just in that zone that I just want to be by myself, Joe probably gets in and he just leaves me to myself and I just probably go up here and you know what I mean but I can imagine yeah I don't you guys don't have that luxury I don't know if that's the right word but you know you guys have probably haven't got that um as much and even when they do go to bed that's probably when you guys are almost playing catch-up 
because you're doing your own stuff. Um, so how do you, I guess, how do you have, how, I guess the first question is how do you involve them? Like what creative ways do you find is beneficial for both yourself and for your children when you're involving them in, whether it's prep related or whether you're in the actual prep phase? Um, and I, I guess that kind of um, isolation side, like do you have, do you try and get, dedicate a bit more time just for yourself? Or like how do you kind of navigate that during your preps? I so my daughter she reads to me while I do my cardio in the mornings um things like that we go for walks for my steps you know to get them out go to the country parks and walk outdoors and then pretty much I go to bed at the same time as the children so it is it's full on. It's from like start to finish. You know, we wake up in the morning and she'll come down. If I'm already on the bike, she'll come and start reading to me. And then if basically, you know, when they go to bed at eight o'clock, I tend to get in the shower and go to bed myself. Um, and then just all day, every day, it's like I do it's the same as Adele said, I eat with them. Um, I do have a slightly different meal, obviously. But I eat every, every meal we sit down and we eat together. So I include them in all of that. They'll just eat something else. And you know, you mentioned like going for fish and chips. I would just have steamed rather than take it out of the batter and I do forfeit the chips. But we do always eat together. We snack together. So I have like five or six meals a day. And so do they. Like like Adele said, the children are really active. They eat a lot. They need a lot of fuel. Um, and we don't actually have a television in the house. So it's kind of we're always either outdoors or in the garden mm -hmm. so um it's it's full on all day every day and the and eat with me snack with me and then um, train with me basically <laughs> literally and then we go to bed at the same time <laughs> what about yourself Adele how does your kind of day I know you like I just because we speak all the time like, I know that you're yeah <laughs> my god so <laughs> about like what that day looks like for you so yeah, I suppose a typical day for me then, um, because I work a full-time career for a bank as a, a, a resiliency and crisis manager for a bank, it's a full-on Monday to Friday um, job, that one. And I'm also a nutrition coach and lifestyle coach for some of my own private clients. So really for me, this kind of goes hand in hand with just being like, my uber inner Monica has to come out so that the organisation is there and a lot of people laugh at me for this but this is how I keep my shit together um yeah so I will actually plot everything into my iPhone calendar of what I need to do on any given day and it is then like my personal PA so getting up in the morning I can be up anytime from half past four in the morning 5 a.m and that's me starting my day and it's normally then you know just getting myself organized getting out to work the kids you know, Sean will drop them to school, etc. because my two are at primary. And then I'll do the pickups from school. So once we get in, it's homework time, and I'll dedicate that, just that's their time with me, one-on-one. Um, -on -one. So we'll do some homework, and then organising everything for the next day for them. So I'll do pet lunches, um, because they'll, again, if they want a school dinner, they'll just ask for one when they know what meals are going to be on. Um, but my one rule with school meals is you must always pick a vegetable and that vegetable must be eaten. So that's my rule with school dinners. Yeah. 
because Clara probably would just continuously go for things like pizza and chips every day, which is fine, but I just like to know that she's had a vegetable. So, yeah, so that, that's it. You know, it's, it's all about them, basically. Um, my time for me is quite limited, and I'll do cardio in the house. So the way that I'll involve the kids, and this is probably, you know, for other parents, mums, dads out there that have got kids in their own prep, is involve your kids in your cardio if you can. So for me, the best thing that I ever did was invest in um, a stationary in-house bike so that I could do cardio in the living room. So again, I don't hide away. I'll do my cardio in the living room while the kids are maybe mm -hmm. having some telly time mm -hmm. or you know they're doing some drawing, something like that. And I'll jump on the bike and we'll have a chat. And then Clara actually starts now copying me. But she'll lie on the ground and put her legs in the air and do some air cycling. So oh. while I'm doing mine, She's doing hers and she's like, mommy, I can totally feel like I'm working my abs now. Can you see my six pack? So, you know, they kind of get involved and I don't, I don't stop them becoming involved with it. But I just express to them that, you know, when you're tired, you can stop. You don't need to keep going like mommy does. Mommy needs to keep going. Mm -hmm. I'm very mindful not to use language such as I need to lose more fat. I'm very mindful not to lift my t-shirt in front of them and check my abs. I'm very mindful not to do any weigh-ins or measurements in front of them. That's all done in my own ensuite bathroom so that, you know, the scales are hidden. I don't have all of that on show because, again, I'm very, very, very aware that having two girls who are approaching nine in the next couple of years, we're going into that kind of hormonal wildness, which I'm absolutely dreading. And they are going to see changes in their own bodies, and they already are. You know, they're filling out. They're becoming little girls now rather than children. Mm. And we've already had some questions about, Mummy, is it normal that my leggings feel tight? Mummy, is it normal that my bum's getting bigger? So they're very aware at such a young age of bodies and body image. And being twins, they compare each other to one another. Mm. And they're not... I, as much as they're identical twins, they're not exactly the same. Shannon is more petite than Clara. And so, I'm, again, I'm just, I'm very aware. I'm very, I keep my eyes open with them. And I let them kind of, I let them kind of drive how they want to get involved with it. Some days they'll help me weigh out food, you know, because that's fun. You know, they get to do the scales and, they get to chop up the vegetables and things. So I'll involve them when they want to be involved. But I'm very aware that I, because we have, to, we have to go to the gym, right? And when we work a full-time career like that and we're out all day and then we're home, it's the evening time that we would go to the gym. But what I've been aware of doing is not using their time through the evening for me to go to the gym. So I do train very late on. And I will ask their permission and say, is it okay if mummy nips out to the gym for half an hour? You know, just again, making them, giving them a little bit of an upper hand with it, which I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it's less of a dictatorship then that, you know, I'm going to the gym. It's, it's more about, do you mind if mummy goes to the gym because I need to do whatever, you know, whatever I'm working out. So I think it's just, it's, it's just about being aware that they are susceptible at that age to, their own inhibitions, their own body image. Um, and my two are older than Kirsty, so I'm aware of that. 
but I think it's again just involving them as much as I possibly can and they totally understand now that if we go out they'll be like mum just takes a black americano mum can't have a bite of the cake or the pastry that we've ordered so they don't offer me it anymore and they're they're you know and they'll say to me things like the last questions and they'll say mum are you are you okay with not having cakes or mum are you okay with not having a bite of that would you like some and again for me it's just about I just go no I'm fine mum doesn't even want it even though I'm sitting looking at it going I would actually quite like a bite of that right now but I'll just be like no no honestly mum's absolutely fine you are on I'm happy here so can is there be any can you relate to that on any level yeah I'm exactly the same I I don't um when I make make their tea and I make spaghetti bolognese or you know I've I've clearly got an obsession with pasta (laughs) 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 you know they'll say oh are you not having it and I'm like oh no I'm fine um same on days out we Mm -hmm. go and go to the ice cream farm and they'll get ice creams and I'm just like I'll just have a black coffee and said do you want some and I'm no no it's fine I'm okay and they're, they're just familiar with that I don't have it um mm-hmm. but then I think on the upside is when I am not kind of competing I don't restrict myself at all on anything which I don't know whether that was a good thing or not especially over Christmas and New Year because I put on <laughs> quite a lot of weight but I would just say yes 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 you know and um so that that was nice. They they knew as well. Then I had a goal, and I think sometimes a bit of self discipline and showing that because you've got a goal, you've got a purpose. They and understand that, and it's nice to teach them that when you you want something really bad, you might have to make a few sacrifices. You might have to work really hard for it, rather than just um saying you know it's fine just everything comes your way when you do whatever you want Mm. that's a really good point to make actually you're you're totally spot on that you know it it teaches them from a very young age to not only respect what you can do with your body and and your food and, and about nourishing it and taking care of it but also that if you want something you will fight for it you will work hard for it it's not just given yeah i think that's exactly it you know that you do know that I work hard because some some mornings I eat well most mornings I get up at six and some mornings they won't get up to like ten past eight I have to go and wake them up you know when when they're not in school obviously not in mm-hmm. school and nurse days <laughs> got five minutes go 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yes <laughs> I use that word in the mornings <laughs> um, but and they'll say gosh like have you done your cardio and I'll say yeah like you've had a shower you've meal prepped you've made breakfast yeah you know you become wonder woman right you're just like like literally you get in and you've got this kind of for me this check box in my iphone on my calendar going right meal prep and while I'm meal prepping I'm making packed lunches and then I'm packing school bags and then I'm laying out shoes that normally need cleaned because Clara's jumped in some bloody muddy puddle and yeah, so it's just, yeah, and then that's when you realise the school shirt actually has school dinner all down it, and you think, oh, Christ, I've got to go and iron another one. And <laughs> I wasn't even going to mention the washing. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I've honestly, I've shown Jasmine my washing pile before. It's, okay. it's enough to give you nightmares. <laughs> but these things have to, it, something has to give, right? We can't do it all. And 
for me, I've got no shame in saying that it's the washing piles. You know, I'm like, they'll get done when they get done. Yeah. I've actually been looking at the laundrette for service washers because I thought this is one of the, the, it is my washing that Mm. something has to give and the washing. And I think it's because it trebles as well when you're on prep because I have like gym clothes and normal clothes, then gym clothes and cardio clothes and then... (laughs) Probably amount of clothes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the joys. <laughs> the but yeah, oh, all the clothes. I know. And then it's yeah, the kids' mucky clothes as well. But yeah, I would. I think that you know, involving them is key for sure. So you know, if there's anybody listening to this that is maybe not done prep before, is maybe starting out on their journey and or thinking about it, then and and it are you know you do have kids or you're a parent, then involve them in it. Don't exclude them. And I think that for me, that's been a massive big, not learning curve because they were involved last year, but more so this year, they've understood it more. And do do you know what? I've just got such fond memories as a child of being involved with my mum's journey. And I don't, you know, the memories I've got of being in my pajamas at the NABBA shows, watching her on stage, was something I wanted my girls to experience. So they absolutely love coming to these shows and they will sit and they will watch and they will critique everybody on stage saying his muscles are nice, her bum looks good. And, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's innocence and it's a bit of fun for them. And yeah. I think as, as long as we can kind of as mums just keep our eyes open that it doesn't become anything other than that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with mine, I find... Um, it, it actually probably is beneficial to them in so, uh, quite a lot of ways. Like I said, the self-discipline, but also I always talk about being strong. Being mm, me too. Yeah. Not being like, you know, super lean. Or, no, exactly. Not about, oh, I need to lose some more fat for me. It's yeah. like, oh, I need to be strong and I need yes. to be fit and healthy. Strong, um, fit and healthy. Yeah. Uh, key, yeah, keywords. Completely. Focus on saying, I'm going to the gym to get strong and yes. my cardio to be fit and mm-hmm. um, eat to be healthy and eat, you eat to fuel a goal. I think it's yeah, uh, yeah, and to, to fuel your body. And yeah, and uh, you know, and there's nothing this is the thing as well. And this is maybe a little bit off topic on here, but it's relevant. The, the kid, kids these days are not taught enough about nutrient, nutrients and what the body needs and what the body maybe wants. They're not taught that enough in school. And as a bit of a gripe that I've personally got, Clara came home from school a couple of weeks ago to say, Mummy, we shouldn't eat eggs, you know, because they've got fat in them. And I said to her, yes, darling, of course they do, but it's not, it's not saturated fat. So I won't use the words good fats, bad fats, good foods, bad foods. Um, and she'd said, yes, that's what I told my teacher. But she told me that they've got fat in them and we shouldn't eat them. And I was raging, you know, and I thought, why are they, they, they may as well just not even bloody well teach them anything if they can't get the facts right. Mm. So there's this kind of negative connotation that are being born into their kind of education, which, yeah, if they can't structure it properly, just don't bloody cover it. I've had the same thing with like um, the school dinners, as Mm. you mentioned, Mm. they're not the best at all. And uh, when I went to speak to the head about it, he said, well, the low salt. Oh, I know. I've had, honestly, I've had this battle myself. I feel your pain. 
that which is why we do pet lunches yeah <laughs> i send the, so rather than your traditional pet lunch you might laugh at this jasmine but rather than my kids going in and this is again isn't a boastful thing but it's just being sensible and um, rather than send them in with sandwiches and you know yes they have that on occasion they'll go in with a tupperware of pasta or you know yeah exactly pasta salad clara absolutely loves tuna and rice you know, rice dishes, mackerel and yeah, rice. Yeah, completely. So they'll have things like that. If I've made a lasagna or I've made a spaghetti bolognese, they'll take that into school with them as their pet lunch. And Absolutely. at least then, you know, they're you're getting... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just being, it's being sensible. It's involving them, like we say, and the kind of understanding and building on their knowledge so that when they do hit teenage years, whether they're, you know, a male hitting that or a female hitting that, a, a girl, and... I think, you know, boys just have as much kind of body dysmorphia as girls can have. But it's about being able to help them understand that bodies change. And actually, if you're not happy with the changes that are occurring, you can do something about that. Health In a healthy mindset, in a, a kind of really well-structured way with the knowledge they've built as children. Yeah. I love that you both, you both are so aware which I think is like, it's a massive like example and a kind of inspiration to myself um, of how to use competing again in, you know, the competing can, go, can get a bad rep, um, but it's nice that you both are using it to educate your children and inspire them and, you know, instill those great things. Because I'm just thinking about my own, um, my past of my mum and my dad, neither of them sporty. Um, nothing like that at all. Like we grew up like we're fairly, you know, home cooked meals, all that sort of thing. But like I know for a fact that my mum and dad still to this day have like massive things with like body issues and like binge and eating. Mm. Like always on a diet. My family were always on a diet. It wasn't a healthy eating. It was always a diet. Like that was the word. And that's quite like mm. a. I mm -hmm. love the fact that you both say. It's those words that you're both, I think it's so powerful, like words and language are so, so powerful because it's, you know, things that are said to you as a child, they stay stay with you. So the fact that you yeah. you guys are saying, yeah. you, know, we are you guys are technically losing body fat, you're, you're tight. I, I love the way that you just said, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting fitter. Because I think those connotations, not just to them, but to yourself as well, I think it's just fantastic. I think it's mm -hmm. so good. I just get so much inspiration. Like, I don't know when I'm ever going to have kids, but. <laughs> you know because i i i would like to still compete you know i don't i enjoy it and i do it because mm. i you know i do it because i enjoy it and i don't know yeah. whether yeah. for a certain amount of time but it's you know i don't i don't know until this point i had no idea of how i would go about competing and prepping and still mm. raising children i don't know anyone around my circle that has that and there might be people listening that are just really struggling and doing just having people mm. to kind of relate to um so no that's cool it's really interesting to hear you both like, talk about how how you go about prepping and being parents and i don't know how you do it oh my yeah, god I mean, well, there's probably I'm, no <laughs> there's probably mm -hmm. no right or wrong way of doing it you know i'm not saying that what i'm not turning around to say you know I've, here's the handbook of how to do it how to <laughs> prep kids but I think it's you know you do what you think is right at the time and I might look back in five or ten years and think Jesus Christ I can't believe I did that you know that was the wrong thing to do or 
but you do the best that you can in the situation at the time and I think that you know there's no reason why you can't still be a competitor and a parent you know it, it, in a way I think I, I kind of alluded to it at the very start that it sometimes actually can make your prep a lot more straightforward and easier in some ways because you've got distractions so from those hunger pains that you feel when you're really in the depths of prep and then you've got two kids that you've got to just get organized you know whether it's bath time and drying hair or getting school clothes ready or pet lunches it, it takes you know away some of that kind of thinking time that you have for you because you're distracted um and i suppose equally then when you do your your weekly shop you're still getting you know for me i still get a little bit of enjoyment about being able to say to the kids you know what snacks do you want for school this week and for me it's about you know i'm in a strong enough mindset position that i don't then become all obsessed with you have to buy all of these cookies and you have to have all of this ice cream I let them kind of steer on it and I'll say yes or no, you know, no. and the only time I'll ever say no is when I think that they're just taking the utter Michael out of me and wanting everything because <laughs> kids do that in shops. So it's like, no, you cannot have that. I get all my um, food shopping delivered. So I don't have to do that. No, that's genius. Yeah, I should do that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, them like, there was aisles in the supermarket and they're only like still so young at four, six and yeah. seven. And they just run me round the place and I'm like, I'm going to be in and out. <laughs> yeah, completely. I know, for sure. So I want to talk about, oh, sorry, Cassie. I was just said nothing goes in the basket that I didn't want to put in there if, uh, if I do it on the phone. <laughs> yeah, on the phone. genius. I love that. So sorry, the next topic that I really want to talk about, um, I mean, we might end it on this one, might not. I just think, oh, just the whole topic of opinions and other people's opinions, um, I just think is that we could, we could just do a whole episode, and that's your honest. But, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, I'm literally going back to this time when I was 15, 16 in my two-week work experience in nursery, so I don't know a lot, um, but... I just remember there was a lot of opinions and it, the whole parenting thing, there can be a lot of opinions and comments made about how you parent your kids. So mm. I can imagine, uh, well, I, tell me if I'm right or wrong, I can imagine that sometimes you, I don't know, maybe you feel that, that you get that slightly more because you're competing and obviously people have opinions of people who compete anyway and maybe if you're parenting. Um, but I don't know if you've had period opinions um, from family members or from people around you generally about what you're doing? Um, like, how have you, as parents, how have you um, dealt with that, potentially? All I was going to say is um, I find two things at the school gates with the parents. Either they, um, like, go, ah, like, really pity me. <laughs> yeah, it's really unfortunate that I've, I've got to do this or I'm, you know, kind of you've got to compete or you've made the decision to compete I don't know and then it's the sympathy or the being told that you're a kill mm. mainly the the opinions of people other parents about me competing is you're making yourself ill you look ill your face is so gone and just sympathy feel sorry for me um both of them kind of get me a bit towards the end of prep get me a bit not 
agitated, but agitated. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I imagine you both get the this generic, oh, ever since um, I've had, like, kids, I can't shift it. And you both know, I guess, that, like, mm-hmm. it might be harder hormonally. There might be things that have happened and stuff, but... You both know, and I've both seen your stage photos, goddamn. Um, you both can get that. Like, you can get it. just, mm-hmm. it is probably, it's a lot harder, maybe hormonally, and because obviously the lifestyle that you both have with the children, like, you know, it's a lot more than what I potentially have to deal with. Um, but yeah, I can imagine, Kirsty, especially at the school gates, it's, it's fight mm-hmm. time. Yeah, a lot of parents do say that as well. Oh, it's since having the kids, or since having the babies, I can't lose the weight, or... And also, um, I have a personal training as well. And a lot of my clients say, like, well, I just, I go down in the night and I eat these these treats, these chocolate or these sweets or these crisps. And I say, right, where are you getting them from? And they're like, the treat cupboard. And I'm like, why do you need a treat cupboard in your house if you're kind of trying to lose... I mean, these will be particularly overweight clients as well. And I'll say, why do you need a treat cupboard in your house if you're trying to lose that much weight? Well, the kids need them, don't they? And I'm like, you can't use your children's tree cupboard if, if your kids need these trees as an excuse for yourself. Because mm-hmm. as a parent, obviously, I've got the same hurdles and so has Adele and a mm-hmm. lot of other people. Um, and, yeah, it's quite often used as an excuse. All right, yourself, Adele, have you come across anything like that? Yeah, so I would say that you're always going to get judgments. Of course you are. And for me, I've got, I suppose, with having my mum in this kind of industry and me having grown up with her and that, her and my stepdad both competed. That's how they met. But I would say that that kind of equally draws judgment from her side of things sometimes, I think, because she'll try and feed me up just have a little bit of this, you look really hungry. And it's like, no, I can't, you, un- you must understand I cannot. Um, right through to my dad, my grandparents, my brother, um, Sean's parents, so my, my, pa- my, my father-in-law, they've made comments in the, the kind of way of that competing shite that you do. So it's very much, a, yeah, very negative language. And, you know, a lot of them don't appreciate or understand it. Um, I've had comments made from my father-in-law to say that it's not nice looking, why do you do it, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I, I'm fine with that because it's my sport and I don't need anybody else to understand it. Um, I think the most important thing for me in all of this, and I've said this to you, Jasmine, is that as soon as it in, has any kind of inclination that it's negatively affecting my children, I would stop. And that's part of the reason why after this season, I won't be competing next year and potentially maybe not even the following year. I don't know yet because my girls are coming into such a crucial, crucial stage in their development into young ladies that they need to have their mum there and they need to have you know, someone there to guide them through that because you do go into a bubble when you're in prep. And as much as you don't have an option but to be a mum, you can sometimes switch off to certain things. So I've found myself, you know, just getting quite snappy when I'm really, really hungry or needing to just take time out and go for a bath or 
out to the gym just to get some peace from them because they're irritating my life <laughs> and I need to switch off from them. That's all normal. But yeah, so absolutely, there's, there's always judgment. There's always going to be people judge. And that's okay because they don't have to understand it. True, it's very true. What would you both, just around question coming in my head, how, what would you say if your kids, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a random age, like 18 or something or 20 or whatever age and they want to compete themselves? I'd be fully supportive of it. You know, I think that with the, the understanding and the knowledge that we get from competing right through from, you know, your first season and you develop as you go further through your seasons, um, it would just be there to support them through it. If it's their decision to try something, I'm not going to tell them no. I would share what my personal experiences were, not to say theirs would be the same, but certainly guide them and explain a little bit more about how the process works. Um, and cannot reiterate enough to them at that age that they're still growing, they're still developing as ladies. So again, it's thinking about hormone, hormonal changes and hormones that would be impacted. Um, for me, that's a huge health implication. And if it's not managed properly, then it can have long-term and future detrimental impacts. So from that point, it's about just give them the facts and let them decide. How about yourself, Kirsty? Because you've been brought up yeah. with your, a lot of your family in the bodybuilding sort of um, yeah. like, I think for the boys, I would, I would definitely, for Sophia, my, my little girl, I would encourage her definitely and support her. But I would probably prefer that she waited until she was a little bit older than, say, 18, 19, maybe. Um, I know, like, I've lost my periods for the past few months. Um, mm. And, like, I know I've listened to your podcast before and, you know, you think, is it stress? Is it low body fat? Is it, you know, it could be anything. And I just think from um, a young female perspective, that can be, like Adele was saying, mm. if it's not properly, there could be some implications on that. Um, and then for the boys, you know, a, a lot of the males aren't natural. So at a young age, I would kind of not want them to go into anything too young. But I would support them either way, you know. Yeah. Like Adele said, share your experiences, share your knowledge. No saying it's going to be the same. But I would just try and guide them. And, you know, the dad's a competitive bodybuilder as well. So he would probably try and guide them and support them mm -hmm. but I think you know get as far as you can first maybe and get a, you know a taste for just life and health and fitness get your mind right and then maybe go into it yeah I like that I like that so I think let's finish it off the most challenging part obviously you've both been in prep so I don't know how long have you been in prep for now since the end of December, so really from January, but just to put it into context, I should have competed already and been done, but I was involved in a car crash. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh about it, but it was just it was stupid the way it happened. Not my fault, but I was involved in quite a bad car crash. So it knocked me kind of six to seven weeks out of prep. We came off for a bit. So yeah, since January. And yourself, Kirsty? 
um, since the middle of March. So about 10, 10, 11 weeks now. Okay, so what has been for both of you so far with this prep, uh, what's been the most challenging part of being a parent on prep? For me, it's going to be the school holidays. <laughs> we had uh, like the two weeks at Easter and one two weeks now. Maybank holidays, they just throw it off. But, you know, like all my routine goes because I personal train. So then my childcare, uh, well, I don't have childcare. So I have to cancel clients, rearrange all that. I'm not just in the gym uh, and entertain them in the days, which as its benefits, like Adele said, sometimes the distractions are totally welcome. And you think, well, I'm out the house and I've got my meals and off we go. But sometimes you just, you know, like Adele also said, you want to be in your bubble and, you know, you can't just slip off to you and get 20 minutes, peace and quiet. I mean, I downloaded Headspace and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm just having 10 minutes because it's timed. Sometimes just three to five minutes on my bed. Um, and I just miss like little things like that this, when they're on holiday. So the most challenging thing for me is definitely just out of routine. Mm. I'll... I think the key to a successful prep is probably routine. And then your routine goes a little bit as a parent. You, you can't just have the same routine. So every six weeks or whatever, these are two weeks where your routine is going to change significantly. Even if you suppose you've got childcare, you know, it's not the same school run. It's not the same pickup. It's not the same tea time. There's not the homeworks, baths and beds at the same time. Everything goes. Um, what about yourself yeah for sure honestly I'm completely nodding the whole time they're going yep 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 <laughs> as soon as your routine goes you're kind of screwed a little bit right and that's when you do start to get a little bit kind of agitated with it um so yeah I completely echo that and I would also probably add in to say that for me it can be a little bit of when we do go to, to do like food shops and I absolutely love bread and croissants and pastries. Those are kind of my nemesis and the kids will buy them and they just got a massive, nice big tiger loaf of bread. And, and then asked me, mom, can you cut that for me and make me a jam sandwich? And I was like, Oh my God, I just want to eat it. <laughs> and then, you know, if they ask for things like jam on it or Nutella and, you've kind of got your spoon in there and you're getting it out for them and you get it on your finger and you can't lick it. You know, it's things like that for me. It's about having that kind of restraint from just not diving in and completely screwing up all those weeks of prep over one Nutella or jam sandwich. So, and it wouldn't happen, I know, but you know, if I did it every day, it would ruin prep. But yeah, so I think from that point, it's about having that inner restraint a little bit further because you wouldn't necessarily be prepping a jam or a ha or a, a Nutella sandwich if you didn't have kids. Well, yeah, like, my, as I said to you, I think, I don't know if it was before, recording or after, like, my, my fridge is probably going to look a lot different. Um, pure, it's pure because it's, it's what me and Joey, I don't have, we don't, you know, we don't have to think about the kids, so we don't have cheese, and, we, you know, we might not have Nutella and pasta. Um, but I, after... You mentioned pasta, Kirsty. I might actually be getting some soon. I'm just as you were talking, I'm like, when's the last time I had that? <laughs> I was like, I need to take advantage of this off-season pasta life that I'm missing out on. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
happy life. No, that's cool. It's interesting. Uh, I, I've, I've enjoyed having the round table this time. I'm really glad we did get a round table. I think it's been a lot more of a, I don't know, different perspectives. Mm. Very different perspectives. Definitely. I usually ask people what makes them not just bikini girl, but I both know you're not your parents. That makes you not just bikini girls. Is there anything else that you think makes you not just a bikini girl or potentially not just a parent? You know, you've got your own identities aside from being parents as well. For me, I really enjoy singing. And anything arty and creative. Yeah, you didn't know this about me, did you? Did not know this. No, you didn't. Because, so it's one of these things where, like, if I'm on my own, I'll belt it out. And I absolutely love, and you're going to laugh at me for this, but I absolutely love when I'm abroad, I'll sing Shirley Bassey on the karaoke. <laughs> Get my sass out. But yeah, I, I, I do. I really enjoy singing. And it's like a complete me thing. It's what I enjoy doing, yeah. I didn't know that it is. I know, it's so exciting. <laughs> you know that, like, celebratory singing, I don't know. We'll find some karaoke places. <laughs> it's happening, I don't care. <laughs> Kirsty, A few tequilas and I'm all good, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kirsty, what about yourself? So, I can't sing that you know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't even try. But, um... Yeah, I absolutely love getting outdoors, just being outdoors. So walks, horse riding, anything just outside, parks, pull-ups in the park. Not just Ooh. all about fitness, but just training. And, uh, you know, not about training, just just being outdoors, really. Going visiting farms. We usually, three or four days of the week, we'll go to a farm or a country park or do something different outdoors. And so... Basically, um, a client said it to me the other day. She was like, I keep watching your stories and you're just a big kid. Oh, <laughs> so, that's good. She, that's what she that's said. Right. She was like, you're just a big kid. So, um, not just a bikini girl, big kid. <laughs> Love it. Stay young, why not? It's all in your head, isn't it? Yeah, young so i love that well thank you so so much to both of you for having for giving the listeners and both myself an hour and a half of your very very busy lives and schedules um especially yeah. when you're very 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 close to show oh my god um but if you are doing catch and kirsty please do holler and i can be your bitch as well um yeah <laughs> I will bring everything. And if you guys do forget anything, there's a Tesco that I can drive to. I know where it is. But anyway, right. That's all good. Um, I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. As always, please do go like. No, it's not like. Please do go and subscribe and leave a review because um, it helps tremendously with this podcast. Um, as always, if you want to get these girls back on, different topics, anything like that, um, just hit me up and... Yeah, I'll put both their social media links in the episode notes so you can go and connect with them personally. And yeah, see you guys in the next 